Welcome to episode 82 of the Experiencing His Victory audio blog with Terry Tinder. This is the place where I read the blog so you don't have to. Today I'll be reading Seven Emotional Barriers to Healing, Part 3, from experiencinghisvictory.com, where we're pursuing life as God intends it to be. There's no doubt that our emotions play a huge part in the process of healing. They can either help move us towards the steps we need to take to be healed or hinder us and keep us in pain. Is one of these barriers keeping you from experiencing life as God intends it to be? In part one of this post, we covered the first three barriers to emotional healing. We take comfort in it. We feel helpless to change it. We feel we deserve it. In part two, we covered the next two barriers. We won't let go. We want revenge. This week we'll cover, we think it's our identity. And next week we'll finish the series with part four. We put our trust in faulty coping mechanisms. We think it's our identity. Who are you? It's such a simple question. The answer is a little more complex. We're talking about identity, who we think we are. The problem with identity is that it's subjective and can change from day to day. We wake up and feel great. We're on top of the world and we feel good about ourselves. Or we wake up and feel overwhelmed and depressed and feel like we can't cope with life today. When you stop and think about yourself, What do you think? Who are you? Are your thoughts about yourself negative or positive? If you could be brutally honest with yourself, who would you say you are? Here's a list of possible ways that people view themselves. I'm loved or I'm unlovable. I'm an overcomer or I'm a victim. I'm God's child or I'm an orphan. I'm whole, or I'm broken. I'm accepted, or I'm unacceptable. I'm a saint, or I'm a sinner. We live and make choices out of our identity. It's difficult to move beyond how we view ourselves. So if we feel like an orphan and no one loves us, we live an independent life depending on ourselves for everything. We know we're on our own and nobody cares about us, so why even try and make friends? Even if someone is sincere, we can't receive their love or attention because we know they don't really care. If we view ourselves as a child of God, we'll turn to Him as our Father and receive His love. We'll feel the security of His promise that He'll never leave or forsake us. We can know we're accepted and make choices in life out of this knowledge. Our formative years. Many of the thoughts that we have about who we are are shaped by our formative years. We were not only learning to crawl, walk, and run as we grew up. We were beginning to find our place in the world. The family we grew up in has a major part in how we view ourselves. The atmosphere of the home was either negative or positive, more likely a combination of both. 
If we grew up in a home that affirmed us and understands who we are, then it's more likely that we have a good understanding of who we are. If we grew up in a home filled with chaos where we're constantly criticized, then it's more likely that we have a negative view of ourselves. The devil loves to come to us in the early part of our development and convince us of an ungodly belief about ourselves. The more the better. He wants to do so when we're young so that we think it's part of our identity. It becomes a part of who we are in our minds. The bad part about this is that we believe it's true because we feel it's true. For as long as he could remember, Vance knew that he was a loser. His dad told him so every time he tried to do something and didn't do it up to his dad's standards. He would hear his dad mumble, Oh God, why did you give me such a worthless son? He's such a loser. Every mistake was another nail in the coffin. It was proof that he was, indeed, a loser. He would try new things from time to time, knowing that he would not be able to do them right. No matter how hard he tried, he never measured up. He thought, I'm such a loser. I've always been a loser. The problem is that he's not a loser. He may not be able to live up to his dad's expectations, but that doesn't make him a loser. Getting your identity from God It's so important as a believer to get your identity from God. He made you, and he knows who you are. Even though it sounds trite, God doesn't make junk. God has a purpose and a plan for your life. He's created you to be uniquely you. There's no one in the world like you. You're special. No one has the same gifts or talents. God has made you one of a kind. You're his child. You're part of his family. I want to take you on a whirlwind overview of some of the things that God says about you in the Bible if you've come to Christ. In Jesus Christ, you're, you're a child of God. You're redeemed by the blood of Jesus. You're justified by faith. You're reconciled to God. You're clean. You're chosen to bear fruit. You're a friend of Jesus, an heir of God, a joint heir with Jesus Christ. You're the salt of the earth. You're the light of the world. You're dead to sin alive to God. You're a slave to righteousness. You're free from condemnation. You're a saint. You're called according to his purpose. You're the temple of the living God. You're more than a conqueror. You're bought with a price. You're not your own. You're anointed by God. You're sealed by the Holy Spirit. You're a new creation. You're set free from sin. You're holy you're blameless, you're forgiven. You're alive with Christ. You're raised up with Christ. You're part of the body of Christ. You're part of God's household. You're his workmanship. You're crucified with Christ. You're hidden with Christ. You're created for good works, part of a chosen race, part of a royal priesthood, part of a spiritual house, part of of God's people. You're God's steward. You're a witness to the ends of the earth. 
You're a partaker of the divine nature. You're beloved of God and you're God's possession. These are the things in which you must find your identity. Everything you just read is true of you if you're a believer in Christ. Everything. I mean everything. I know there may be warning bells going off in your head. Not true. Not true. But it is true. It's what Jesus has done for you. God has made all this available through Christ because he loves you. The Great Exchange. God's plan is for you to make the Great Exchange. He wants to trade your thinking for his thinking. He calls it renewing your mind. He wants you to start seeing yourself through his eyes. He wants you to put off the things of the old man and put on the new. He wants you to see how life should be lived so that you begin experiencing his blessing in your life. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may prove what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. Romans 12:2. But you did not learn Christ in this way. If indeed you have heard him and have been taught in him, just as truth is in Jesus, that in reference to your former manner of life, you lay aside the old self, which is being corrupted in accordance with the lusts of deceit, and that you be renewed in the spirit of your mind and put on the new self, which is in the likeness of God, has been created in righteousness and holiness and truth. Ephesians chapter 4, verses 20 through 24. Do not lie to one another, since you laid aside the old self with its evil practices and have put on the new self, whose being renewed to a true knowledge according to the image of the one who created him. Colossians chapter 3, verses 9 and 10. God has a new way of thinking that will result in a new way of living. It's time to begin the process of rooting out every belief you have that does not line up with the truth of God's Word. Take some time to notice what you're thinking and saying about yourself throughout the day. If you catch yourself saying, I'm a loser, or any other saying similar to it, then reject the lie and find out what God has to say about you. Who will I be? Sometimes it's scary to begin this process. The main reason is that the lie has been with us for so long that we think it is us. The lie seems almost like it's part of our DNA. It's who we are. We identify ourselves with the lie so much that we believe we're altering our personality. The question rises to the surface. If I get rid of this, who will I be? We've been so comfortable with the lie and believed it for so long that we're threatened when we know we have to get rid of it. Many people have hesitated in ministry sessions where the Lord has revealed a lie that needed to be rejected. Who will I be? It seems so real and daunting. I've pictured myself this way for as long as I can remember. What will happen if I get rid of this lie? My answer is always, you'll be who God created you to be. It always comes down to a choice. 
Will I believe God and trust what he says is true? If you do, the lie must go. Receive your new identity in Jesus Christ. If you've been listening to Experiencing His Victory audio blog for some time and it's blessed and encouraged your walk with Christ, then I want to encourage you to help support this podcast by becoming a donor on Patreon. Patreon allows listeners like you to pledge an amount for every podcast I produce. You can pledge as little as $1.25 per episode or as much as you like. The choice is yours. Then on the first of the following month, they take the amount of your pledge for every podcast produced. It's just that easy. To check out the site and to learn more, go to patreon.com forward slash E-H-V. That's Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com forward slash E-H-V. Hey, Terry Tinder here. Thanks for joining us at experiencinghisvictory.com, where we're pursuing life as God intends it to be. I hope you enjoyed today's post. It's part of a series called Eight Steps to Experiencing His Victory. If you'd like to see all of the posts in this series in one place, you can go to experiencinghisvictory.com forward slash steps. That's experiencinghisvictory.com forward slash steps. See you next time.